other night uh, when uh, Nelly was preaching in the evening and I called her up to preach, there were so many whoops and hollers at different people come on. You've got to share this love out here. You know, it's, uh, whoops and hollers to some of the guys as well. So uh, we're carrying on with this series that we've been doing on community. And um, I was actually saying to someone the other day, in some ways I wish we started preaching on this stuff a while ago because it's amazing that when we, what we talk about what we honor and what we celebrate is what we get. And uh, it's too easy for us for people to just drift into comfort, I suppose, or into convenience or in just a, a way of doing it, the rut. You know what they say about a rut? The rut is just a, a grave without ends on each side of it. We, we don't want to get into that place. We want to actually say, God, what have you got for us and how do we live in it? And so we've been preaching through this authentic biblical community. This is the fourth week. And today it's going to be um, slightly less theological. We've covered some of the theology around um, community and, and really practical. We're going to share with you some of the plans that we've put in place, some, some of what's, what's coming. And you might have seen the banner outside there as you walked in. Did anybody see? Who saw that banner and read that quote? I'm going to be honest now. Let's see who read it. See, I'm, I'm the honorary guy. If you, who saw it and then didn't read it? Who's that again? Just kind of being an informal survey. There we go. Who never saw the banner at all? <laughs> okay, we're definitely putting flashing lights on that thing from now on. We have dancing girls by the banner. Um, anyway, the banner there, if you, if you on the way out go see it, it's got this picture on, it's got that labor on, logo on, which is Connect Four. And um, remember in week one, I spoke to you, those exercise teams, I spoke to you about the fact that um, those and I have been having this lunch together and we were talking about life groups and we were what we were talking about was both the lack of engagement in life groups, and you might say, hey Rob, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm in a life group and it's tripping on gas, and I want to say, fantastic, I'm really glad that that's the case. But most of the church are not in life groups. Most of them are not engaged in this regular um, activity of building community in that way. And we were asking ourselves, why? I mean, if, if community is so important, if we have been created for community, why is it that busyness of life, maybe that's the reason, uh, it's just a, a lack of value that we place upon it. What is it that makes us not be committed to being there together in life? We started to question whether it was this case of actually putting the horses in the cart. And we're hoping that this meeting is going to create community. But actually what we need is community that meets together. Do you see the difference? So we can put in a whole lot of structures and say, okay, we need to meet every Tuesday at this time. Let's just do that. There's going to be community. Or we can preach community and get the Holy Spirit to give us a revelation of it, and we can make the choice to walk in obedience in terms of investing in and building community, and what's going to flow out of that will be in the times when we gather where that community manifests in a magnificent way. And so we've been uh, working through that over the last while. And so I'm going to look at a scripture now from Romans chapter 12. If you can turn there in your Bibles, if you're not recognizing the version I'm going to read from, which is the message. You know that the message Bible is not a translation of Scripture. Okay, there are different types of Bibles. If you were to say, Rob, what is a good Bible for me to study of? The one I would recommend would be the English Standard Version. It is a word-for-word translation of the original language. It's where you get the most accurate um, rendering of the Scripture. It's often a little bit more difficult to read, though, as you can imagine. And sometimes when you read it, you're going, man, I need to read that thing. And I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. In a really good reading Bible, just to use a glossary type, would be something like the, the New Living Translation. They've taken the, the meaning by sentence and translated it. And so I hear comes through much more 
is etched into the second language in the Book of Common And then this is God's translation called paraphrase. And you need Peter to take the idea and try to express not the word, but the idea in a contemporary language. And the powerful thing about it is to take something that you become over familiar sometimes with something. Now, like you walk past my banner. Don't read that. You know how much work Leroy put into making that banner? And um, so we, we come, we used to see things and we just walk by them. And we can be like there were scriptures before. We just kind of walk by the scripture. I don't want us to walk by this one. I want us to be caught by it. And so let's read it together. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. The Amplified Bible says, let your love be sincere, a real thing. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life for good. Be good friends who love Love. And that, that is actually what the 
come to Jesus. I love Jesus. All I'm going to want to do all the time is Jesus Christ. But the truth is, it's not that automatic flow. What actually happens is we have to make choices every step of the way again. Because we have, we live in a fallen and broken world that contains against the will and the ways of Jesus. We have an enemy called the devil with his dastardly demons who are at work to undermine our commitment and our trust in Jesus Christ and our satisfaction in Jesus. And we have this thing called the flesh, the remains of that sinful nature that has been crucified with Christ, but as it's dying, it's reaching out and trying to drag us down with it. And the Greek, the word for that is tops. We're doing this in our freedom of Christ tonight. And every one of us knows that it still exists. Am I right? Few of you have ever come face to face with your tops and your flesh and it wants to lead you away from the things that you know are right. In your heart, you know it's, it's right for me to speak with love towards this person, but they've offended me and the flesh is going, Jeremy, release that missile of that word that you've got. And you do. And then afterwards you think, why did I let the flesh take over? And so this Christian life that we're talking is not automatic. It's natural. It's natural for us to be in community. I promise you, if you are not wanting to be in community, then there's something wrong. There's a warning light that under the hood, something's gone wrong here. You need to find out what's wrong. Because it's natural for Christians in community with each other, but it's not automatic. And so in uh, Romans 12, the passage I read, Paul writes, and he says, love from the center of who you are, don't face it, unless that's a little sandwich spin in the middle, be good friends who love deeply, practicing playing second fiddle. Now Paul has written this letter, he, he has written the letter, he's got the letter, hi, my name's Paul, I'm an arbitrary so-and-so, I've got a degree in philosophy or something, and I thought I would just give you some advice. And if, if it works, then you, you can use it. If it doesn't, just ignore it. And this is how Paul started the letter. You want to know how he starts it? Let's go to the next slide. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we have received grace and apostleship, which is this, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Writing to you as an apostle. I come with apostolic authority and this instruction that I'm giving to you. And what does he say to us? We go back to that slide. He says, Love from the center of who you are. He says, Be good friends. That's the instruction he's actually giving. It's an apostolic instruction. It's not something you get to take or leave. Somebody can come to you and give you some advice and you can go, Oh, well, I suppose. It's good for you, but it's not good for me. That's not what Paul's saying here. Every one of us are called to make a deliberate choice. Thomas Edison said this, the next one, the last one, he says, Opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like this. And there's two ways. We want, we want the benefits of community. Like when we're down, it's nice to know we're somebody. Don't forget, there's no community with this. I'm leaving. So when other people were down, did you phone? Did you visit them? Did you drop them off food? Did you put in your arm around somebody? When there was opportunity to gather together and it was a... Uh, Saturday afternoon, you were like, you know what? I think I'm going to just stay at home and watch TV. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to watch TV today. What? Are you going to, if you don't invest, if you don't put the overalls of building community, you're not going to get the reward of building community. As I was praying this morning, I felt like the Lord said to me, there's a reward that exceeds the cost, but the cost always exceeds the reward. So, if we 
we don't invest it, we're not going to draw out. If you don't sow the seed into the ground, you can't draw out and expect to see a harvest there later on. And so there's a choice that we have to make. And so as we step into these connect four groups, you know, the next slide for the slide, we are um, we are calling on every member of the life group group and every every regular attender. Let me just take two seconds and explain that. We believe that everybody is called to be a member of a local group and you are a believer. We, we, our first requirement for membership of a church is that we are the sons and the daughters of Christ and have been saved. You can't become a member of a local group unless you're a member of a universal church. You'll be saved before it's that universal membership and you outwork it in a local church membership. And Paul writes in different places, I've preached on this before, about um, put those out of the church that are doing this and that and that are not representing Christ properly. So you can't be put out of the church unless you are in the church. So we believe membership is real. And we believe that um, that, that one category of people that have chosen Church of the Cross group or wherever it is and say to us as a leadership, guys, we want to journey with you. We want to be a part of this community. We want to invest our time and our talents and our treasures. And we want to submit to the leadership there. Last week when I shared with the um, Arts of the Congregation the plan to bring us together to two congregations, Shorter stood up in a wonderful way and she said, said, Rob, you're our leader. Happy to follow you guys, you know. So lead us, so we can follow you, and that's what part of membership is. So, and I'm honest with you: if you cannot trust the people that are up front here to um, to come and get perspective from them, and to submit some decisions you make, or to get help when you're in trouble, if you, if, when you're honest, it's going to be a problem. And I'm not being unkind to you; I'm trying to be honest with you, because if there isn't that integrity in us. If there isn't that insincerity in us, if there isn't that reality in us that we shouldn't be questioning you, and genuinely, if you go to a place where you can find that, you can be leading in a family where that is important. And so we have members and we have people that are regular attenders. They've come in, they've started to become a part of Will of Life. Maybe you've joined a life group or you're serving on a school or you've been to one of our since we renamed Connect Times. And uh, you're, you're in the process of becoming a member. And what we're saying is we want every single member every single attender to be allocated to the group. You say, well, Rob, I don't want to be in a group, mate. I'm opting out. We're saying, you know what? There's no option for you. Every single person is in the group. And we're asking you to choose. And I'll explain this more completely. Oh, you're doing a bunch of different things. I'm not. I promise you. You know, the speaker said now. So we want you to choose together to reach out. We want you to choose to communicate. Let people know what's going on in your life. We want you to choose to participate, to be engaged other people that are part of that group of people. And we want you to choose to invest into that group as well. So number one, uh, essentially biblical community is um, deliberate. That makes sense, right? Well, anyone disagree with that? Publicly explain me now, then, Joseph. Okay, number two is enduring. I believe um, to be lasting, as the scripture says here, says, Paul again, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servant for the master. Cheerfully expect it. Don't in hard times, pray all the harder. And um, one of the things that so often happens in our lives, and if anything like you just can happen as well, is uh, you start something, great idea, like a New Year's resolution, hey, like this year I'm going to walk every day at five in the morning, whatever it is, you know, after three or four days, dark chocolate comes forward, it's just one little break today, and then the next day, one little break, and the next day, the last one is a test, it's five o'clock in the morning. 
And it's so easy for us to start things without the truth, right? But we believe community is something that actually should be started and pursued continually until the, the length of our life. And Paul writes here, and he, he says, don't let the flame go dim. Don't just burn for us. And I think it is really important that we find rhythms in our lives for what we do. It's not just commit over committing to faith. If you've got one of those families where your kids have got four million extramurals and you're really running yourself to complete distraction, running them here, running them there, running them there, you know what you should do? Stop running to them. But they're probably not going to be Mozart and Lexi and whatever it is all together in the one child. Just give some space. Put some margin there. Find a rhythm for your life strength at work. Find it in your office. Find it in your devotional life. Find it in your marriage life. Find it in your sex life. Find it in your whatever. Everywhere in your life, you can find the rhythm that works for you. If Jesus taught on rhythms in Matthew chapter 11, and I'm using the same paraphrase again, Matthew 11, 29 34 says this, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so one of the things we've really prayed and said to God is, God, how does community work in your life? Because friends, I've been a church in a, in a suburb of a city in Philadelphia, which is in Durban, and it's got people there. By 5 o'clock, both sides are at home to work. And so we, have our, we used to have our prayer meeting at 5.30 and everybody would get there. If I had to phone the guys on a Wednesday and say, I need to meet with the leaders on a Thursday evening, they would be there. They would, this new community is just so different. Because here, we have multiple different nationalities coming together. We have traffic that, I don't know, there's something demon involved in that accident. I thought, what is going on here? They built big roads and there's more cars. I was just, the more, the more roads, the more traffic, you sit, it's like, um, I don't go anywhere without Google Maps. Now, first think of traffic before I travel anywhere. That's how much I know. That kind of thing. And people work hard for us. Many people work six days a week. Uh, we have pilots and crew and shift workers in our midst. Uh, we have a, a great couple that's part of the Oxford congregation called Mark and Debbie Brumman. And they've been leading a life group for a while now. They're, they're, a, they're a great couple. They love people. They're like really fatherly. But you know what happens every Tuesday? Mark's got an airplane somewhere flying for someone. He's, he's on his trip. What are the rhythms? How do we find the rhythms? saying it has to be every week on a Tuesday and if you can't make it, you can't be part of community, we just actually try it. <laughs> but it's going to work. And so we're not so stupid to keep trying the same thing. We say, God, what are the rhythms? How does it work? And so these new connect core groups can be on uh, on any day of the week. Get Wednesday. Thanks for Wednesday. You can even meet on a Friday. But for example, there's a connect core group and we're going to try and allocate them by congregation. But there's a connect core group here that says, you know what, we've got a, we've got a lot of, um, whatever, whatever reason we do it. We're going to meet guys on Friday evening. And so what you do is you'll connect four groups, gather together on a Friday evening, we get together at five, we swim with the kids, we barbecue together, we then at seven, we put the kids to bed, we, um, we have a, we go through the, the word, we break it open, we pray for each other, at 11 o'clock, we kind of, hey man, we're out of your place, what has God changed? We touch the good of you with love, love your life with you guys walk away and you wake up the next morning out of a state of life. You know what I mean? And that becomes the rhythm. You should be getting up at five for a cycle. That becomes the rhythm of your life. And he's saying this. The group should meet at least once a month. Some of the groups, in fact, we think most of the groups 
could not easily believe they were really trying to run. And I know this is sacrilege, almost bordering on blasphemy. Life is sacrilege every week. These odd lights that will connect forces, number one. And number two, I'm going to explain to you how actually this gives us the opportunity to live fulfilling the rhythms of our life. How quickly do the weeks come around? How quickly does one month follow another month? And if we just go into the process of, of just live with me, is there a better way for us to find this one? Time wants us to really give ourselves to each other, and then I'll explain to you what's going to happen for the rest of the time. So the next, uh, the, the rest of the month, because this is freed up so many hours for me. Concentration. What a leadership we are. So Stuart, you go to the next slide. So you were committed to being a lighter every Monday or Tuesday, four times a month. Now we're saying to actually use that time to be lighter. Again, I was in a select four group with Karen and some pals. Maybe we, we did the barbecue at his place. We had an amazing time. We took the praise together. And, uh, and I realized in that time, wow, I really, really enjoyed spending some time with people. And they're a great couple. They, they adopt things like Kung Fu and, uh, and, um, and um, I'll give them some love, man. Come on. And they need babysitters. And anyway, so what I do is in that time that we feed up, I say,
and uh, I came across a scripture there that says, I think, I mean, I went from three years ago, I could say, partially taken by myself, right up into Australia back to church and what I did and everything was Friday and I explained the gospel. That's, that's me doing church. That's me building community. Now, we are, we are finished. We, we, we're getting to know each other. We're beginning to connect. And I want you to do that. We want you to do that. We want you to take the time to remind us. So whenever you hear the word connect four, you're thinking, I do connect with my group, but I connect with guys in the church outside. I connect with others in the church and I connect with the unchurched people. It creates space and a rhythm for our lives that enables us to really build the biblical community that God wants us to build. The next uh, thing that came out of it is that, that community should be rewarded. And uh, the next one is Eunice. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy and share tears when they're down. Don't we need that? And it's, it's, it's great when something good happens to like Karen and Patel when they got their news. Like, so Patel was sharing her news that she was um, she was obviously lost her baby. And at the same time, she was actually, she found out she was pregnant as well. So she's trying to keep it in. This is what I heard. It was a lady who pressed She was trying to keep her news in like this, but she couldn't because it was like, oh, just burst out like this. I want to share my good news with you. Because we want people to be a part of that celebration of our lives as well. And we want, we, we, we need it. And we need them there when it's tough. We need them when, when we're throwing our daughter out to the, the other side of the world that we can't bear to have our own and others that have lost their children to this, to this expat life that we live like myself will come around and go, I think it's going to be all right. They're on this great adventure. You know what I mean? We, we do like to celebrate God's goodness. That's the reward of being community. And uh, Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes, says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Lord, they fall on or lift up his pillow, but woe to him is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Friends, that is profoundly important. And so what we see with the Connect Four group is that um, between, they'll be between 12 and 14 people doing the first 12 and then there will be, there will be a, a leadership couple or, or a couple of singles that will lead this Connect Four group. And you will be on their list. If you go to the next slide. And they will be in communication with you every single week. You will receive a call. You will receive a message. Or you will receive a cup of coffee and sit down face-to-face every single week. There will not be a week that you're not communicated with. And what we're trusting is that there is this, this tapestry that God puts in place Everybody is connected with different groups to somebody else. And in that way, we all connect to each other. Everybody must be known by someone. Everybody must be like, like so if something goes on in your life, and it might be that this, uh, the Connect Four leaders, the husband and wife group are praying through the 12, maybe, maybe the wife's praying through the wives, and, and the ladies, the, guy, the husband's praying through the men. And uh, as they're praying through it, God's putting to their heart something. Um, scripture, so maybe
it is a crazy city that we live in, that every single person that is a member or regular tender is connected with this group. Um, 11 other people in a group. And if we had to say to you on a Friday or a Thursday afternoon, guys, we can't meet the building today, go to, we're going to go to your connection and meet at home. Then we just scatter across the city and go home or send a video that you can play the other week. I'll come to work down and send it to you or something. We worship together. We uh, receive your tithes and offerings together. We pray for each other. And then, you know what I mean? There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's both a caring for us and there's a fluidity of what God has in place for us. So every single member, even if you don't attend, you go, I'm never coming to the group. Thank you. You're on the list. Somebody is going to have your name. Somebody is contacting you. And don't come. You're losing out. But I, I guarantee you that as a labor just begins to build, as the union begins to weaken, you won't be able to resist yourself, and you will be there. The next one is this. It's getting close to lunchtime. I don't even eat bread, and that looks amazing. But you know what actually looks amazing about that is what's in the middle. Two pieces of dry bread, who cares about that? But lettuce, bacon, tomato, cheese, mayonnaise, caramelized onion, steak. I don't whatever. I mean, I know that's not all in there, but, but it's the filling that's important. And I put it in there because there's a scripture in verses 9 and 10, and there's a weird filling between these two pieces of bread. And I want to pick it out for you. It says here, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. That's the one slice of bread. Another slice of bread. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing checkers for them. What's in the middle? Run for dear life from people. Hold on for dear life to birth. And uh, I think that one of the profound ways God has given us to walk in maturity and to walk in godliness to other people. Am I right? That's why God gives you a wife. Amen? You wonder why they kind of feel like you've got to point out your faults? They're not your faults. They've just been God's word. I can say that because Linda's not here. <laughs> For the rest of you, I'm sorry, man. Bread is bit, I mean, it's not good to nag, but it is true that God puts us in a relationship to, to highlight those things in us that need to be addressed. But when we, we, we just don't feel like anyone, like I'm putting up, I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, you know, when you pick up, I'm sleeping with the other morning, but I'm not going to bed. And Linda's like, uh, you are going to bed. Mom, I'm tired. You made a commitment. Get up and get to bed. Things that we fall to, that, that we do because somebody else comes alongside us, encourages us to do it. The next slide it says through the scriptures, is it faithful of the wounds of a friend? When was the last time somebody came to you, said something to you that it was like, I need you to pray tonight, I pray I'll get such foolish here. But actually, it was something that blessed you and changed you and helped you to grow and mature. When was the last time that happened? Because if you're doing real maturity, somebody's doing that. It says uh, the scripture that uh, Kieran read to us last week from Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We already said we just quoted, this is the next slide up, which I, I love, and I'll show you this week. Spiritual formation in coming to maturity, coming to godliness, becoming more like Christ, occurs primarily in the context of community. People who remain connected with their brothers and sisters at the local church almost invariably grow in self-understanding and they mature in their ability to relate in healthy ways to God and to their fellow human beings. This is especially the case for those courageous Christians who think of this, who stick it out through the often messy process of interpersonal discord and conflict resolution. 
long-term interpersonal relationships are the principle of genuine progress for Christian life, people who stay also grow. This is what it's saying. That offense comes as an opportunity to grow in Christ. When you overcome the offense, when you work through it, you're going to grow in maturity. When you grow in maturity, you become more like Christ. When you're more like Christ, the kingdom of God will fully manifest in your life. When the kingdom of God comes, joy and righteousness come with it. That's bread for all of us want. You might not be able to articulate what you want, but all of us are craving and striving for peace and joy. We can think we'll find it in a career. We can think we'll find it in a sexual relationship. We think we'll find it at the bottom of a bottle. But there's only one place to find it. It's in the more that our life is surrendered to God. And the way that that happens is through somebody, you can't just say to them, so, the weather's so lovely in Dubai now, huh? Oh, fantastic. I mean, you know what? I can't, I can't even believe that this weather is summer here. I know, the weather's amazing. Oh, great. Anyway, it was great catching up with you, and you go. It means you actually got to get beneath the surface a little bit. It's like somebody comes to you, and you're having coffee with them, and, and he says to you, you know what? You know what, buddy? And he goes, I've been a sex with my wife for six months. The weather's so good, though, hey? At least you're not sweating. It was like, now, friends, friends, these are opportunities for us to actually do this kind of community dinner. Ask people, like, so, so, bro, you know, how can marriage grow? And you, I mean, you'll probably say, no, it's fine. You go, really? And so, so then dig a little deeper. You've got to have a bridge, though. Between her and I have a bridge. So, so how's your sex life? Pretty good. Like, everyone says it's amazing. So, what has God been saying to you lately?
when you see what happens is when you sit with our mates, we think, no, no, this is professional counseling stuff, or this is a professional pastor stuff. It's not. The Bible says that we are to exhort and encourage and urge one another along. Everyone. You might be 10 steps ahead of this person in that area and five steps behind them in another area. In the area that you are here, where you have faith for, you have an understanding of, encourage them in that area and let them encourage you in the other area. What about sitting down with your unchurched friends and saying, Jesus, has anyone ever told you this thing called the good news about Jesus Christ, the gospel? Have you ever heard about that? You go, I've heard about Jesus. Do you know why it's good? No. Because then I tell you about Jesus shared it with me now. He shared the gospel with me. When you sit across the table, when you share the gospel with someone, when you share that, you don't have to lead them to Christ, you don't have to get on their knees there and then and brag about it. It's just showing that Jesus is enough. It might be that that night, as they get home and they sit um, on their bed, they, uh, they pause and they go, Thank you so much, Jesus. It might that night that their life is changed. Let's think of a higher time, the lowest low in the last few months. Last year, I finished the book, God is my God. It's going to need to be a welcoming, great church for me. I love this message get along with each other. 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 Don't be productive. Don't be proud. Don't be flipping people. Don't be better than other people. Make friends with nobody. Make friends with those that don't include nobody. Make friends with guys that aren't the CEO. Make friends with the people that won't invite you back to their big villa when you invite them to have a meal at your, at your villa, to your big villa. Don't hit back. I love this. Discover peace with everyone. Look around the room right now and go, what is it that I can do to be different to everyone? Because there is something extraordinary about everyone. A few. I promise you there is a few. There's something extraordinary about everyone. Even the person that irritates you, and I know a few people right now, to death. There is, I mean, I don't really want to go discover the extraordinary thing, some of those people, but there is something there. Discover a few with everyone. And if you have got it in you, I like that. If you've got it in you, get along. I think you've seen this next slide before. There's a graphic of if uh, in the United Arab Emirates there were 100 people, there's 2,000 Asians there, right? How many people would have taken over? Oh, way to go. So obviously this is everyone is from the Emiratis, um, uh, South Africans get into the, the group, there are others and unaccounted. Then there's our Nigerian brothers, our Ghanaian sisters, and everybody in the whole of Africa is in the unaccounted form. I think we lost the same. What's wrong with these people? Anyway, there's a Westerners that sit out there. There's three and a half of them. Can't you believe there's four and a half Iranians in the, in the UAE? Amazing. And there's all the other Arabs. There's the Southeast Asians there. I'm assuming that must be Malaysian places like that. The point is this. If you live in a, in a country, and particularly in a city, in a place, there's people that are different from you. You're probably sitting next to people that are different from you. They're different from you in the color of their skin. They're different from you in the accent of their voices. They're different from you in the way that they were raised. They're different from you in the things that seem most important to you. They're different from you in the way that they view something, and it's not wrong. I mean, that's the thing is that actually God has called us to be with people that are different from us. It is it is harder. It's true. As you go to slide, please. It is harder to be with people. You can download these slides for us. It is harder to be with people that are not like us. It is. It's easier for me to hang around with South Africans. We can talk about Rice Lake 
and rugby and cricket and you don't have to be mocked by the Indians. We had a bride the other day and Wayne played and South Africa played India and South Africa let India win for some reason. I don't know why. And all my Indian brothers and sisters were reminding me of the fact that we weren't doing so well and how many of guys we love that. But you know what I mean? It is easier. If you were honest, you say it's easy to be with people that are just like us. But God has called us to just be with people that are just like us. He wants to be us to be in the mix with people that are different in every way. By age, it's not okay if all the young people are gathering and being and just hanging with the young people. No, no. Young people need old people. They need some of the wisdom. They need some of the truth. They need some of the steadfastness. And some of you older people, I'm including myself in the younger group, we need us young people. <laughs> Soul. Thank you. 